Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. That's right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. As always, it was not pretty in Athens. Ole Miss took a, uh, a beatdown from Georgia. So today we're talking about that, obviously. And then the coaching silly season has arrived with AM firing Jimbo Fisher, paying him almost $80 million to go away. There's a lot of talk, nothing official that I've seen yet about also uh, up in Arkansas making a change there as well. And then, of course, there's a lot of talk about Mississippi State making a change here in the very near future. So uh, you're possibly looking at three, and I know it's going away, but three SEC West jobs that are open uh, as early as this week. So there's a lot to discuss there as well. I appreciate you guys being here. Please follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcast, if you're listening on the website, pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. So before we get into it, it's a long conversation. It's over an hour. So, uh, you know, probably not going to be all that enjoyable when you hear about the Georgia game. However, I think it's a pretty good conversation and, and good uh, discussion with the live chat, so I hope you enjoy it. Before we get to it, I want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if your business is in Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to IT projects, phone systems, whatever it is. If it's tech, if it's in the office and your Mississippi company needs it, absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you, and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority like they do me every single time I go. There's 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's probably one in your backyard like there's one in my backyard. They've got local loan servicing and decision-making, so you don't have to get on Zoom or get on the phone and talk to somebody in Kentucky like I had to with my previous bank. You sit down face-to-face, one-on-one with somebody who will get to know you because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, here it is, the Sunday live chat, long conversation, Ole Miss, Georgia, Texas A&M job, all that stuff. Uh, Appreciate you guys being here. Here that is right now. And uh, we'll be back with some basketball talk, I believe, next time, unless something uh, pops up, which, you know, I don't think it will between now and um, tomorrow. But in the meantime, enjoy this. We'll talk basketball next time you hear from me. And uh, here we go. So uh, let's get started. And uh, we'll start with uh, the Ole Miss game and the game itself, because I know we're going to do a lot of coaching search things, and that's going to be a basis of conversation. But since this will get uploaded into the podcast, I do want to talk about the actual football game, even though uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about. First and foremost, the most important thing as of today, uh, according to Lane Kiffin, both after the game and again today, Jackson Dart is is okay. Uh, He said... Uh, last night that he could have come back into the game, but because of the nature of the game, there was no reason to, and then reiterated today that he was going to be okay. 
they probably will very much protect him on Saturday uh, with how they call the game. And uh, I would I would assume that, that you can look forward to seeing a bunch of Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard considering the opponent. Uh, so that that is also a plus. But yeah, that's the, the biggest takeaway is that uh, the quarterback is uh, is OK. Otherwise, uh, a very ugly game and it spiraled out of control fast, uh, didn't it? So that's kind of where I want to start and, and kind of the, the only real takeaway from this game, at least in my opinion, aside from health, is that um, you are not wrong if you think that Ole Miss can play better than they did. You're absolutely not wrong. Um, I wouldn't argue against you if that's what you wanted to say. There were things that they did poorly. Uh, I think there there were times defensively where they kind of got uh, sticker shock, maybe is the phrase that I'm going to use, um, where they made business decisions, some of the players on defense. I, I don't know if um, – you, you know, it's easy to question effort when you're so overmatched, but th- there were times where there, there were plays to be had and they didn't make them. On defense, offensively, there were times where they didn't execute. Dart had a bad interception uh, there in the first half, uh, for example. But um, a lot of things happened in that game where it's just really hard for me to sit here and and just kind of criticize uh, those things because this is, as we've already laid out, as you know, a team that has not lost in that venue in five years. Uh, it is the reigning. Two-time national champion who is about to break the record for most consecutive wins, by the way. They're about to break Nick Saban's record uh, for that. They also returned a first-round pick at tackle. Brock Bowers, who's one of one in his position in the sport, a running back for good measure. Um, Ole Miss was dramatically overmatched in the trenches in that game. And frankly, in the, at the skill positions as well, the Ole Miss's defensive backs couldn't cover uh, either. So they, they were at a mismatch there. But when you have all of those things factoring in at one time, you're on the road, you got a fully engaged, locked in machine that is Georgia. Um, you lose your right tackle in practice week, and then his replacement gets hurt on the opening possession. And then they return a first round pick tackle and Brock Bowers, and, and just things just kind of spiraled out of control on Ole Miss uh, from there. Again, I think they, they certainly could have played better. That was not their best shot by any stretch. But, you know, I spent a lot of time on Twitter, which I regret now. I need to get off of that website um, because, ooh. Uh, anyway, um, I was saying on, on Twitter Saturday that there, there were people, including the broadcast, that were like, you know, Ole Miss needs to make adjustments. And my response is, what, what would you recommend that they do? Uh, I mean, when you're so physically and athletically overmatched I mean somebody said stack the box and play man well they they tried that it it, it didn't work they tried zone it it didn't work um Georgia just was so much physically better than Ole Miss uh, that it's hard to overcome that they would have had to have played a perfect game and they they didn't do that but you saw the difference uh, the gap between the elite program in all of college football, which is Georgia. They are the gold standard of the sport and a program that has been good, uh, but not great in Ole Miss. You saw that difference on Saturday. And I'm not, last thing, and then I'll start getting to your comments. I I did see some things like, well, Missouri played them closer. And is Missouri better than Ole Miss? Well, number one, possibly they are. They're, They're quite good, but um, doing transitive property in college football is just so goofy. Yes, 
Georgia, di- Missouri did play better than Ole Miss at, at Georgia, but also Ole Miss beat Vanderbilt by more than Georgia did. So is Ole Miss better than Georgia? Because they, you can't do the transitive property thing in football. Every, every game and, and every d- weekend is different. It, it was a physical and athletic mismatch, and that was Georgia's best shot, the healthiest that they've been all season. And again, you saw the, the personnel, the talent, the physical differences between the gold standard in the sport and a program that is building itself and elevating itself, but not anywhere close to the elite tier yet. I just don't know how much better coaching would have made a difference in that game when Georgia was like that. You know, maybe it would. Maybe Golding and Kiffin were so bad last night, and they were so, so bad. And because of that, they didn't have a chance. But what I saw was a complete and total mismatch on the lines of scrimmage. Uh, What I saw were a group of wide receivers that would have run open on any coverage, and they were thrown many, but on any coverage that was thrown their way. It's really hard to scheme on either side of the ball when you are physically manhandled uh, the way that they were. And so now Ole Miss has learned that um, they need to solidify on the lines of scrimmage. That was kind of the story of the night is that the lines of scrimmage is, is really something that they need to get better at. They've struggled up front on offense really all year. And despite being highly productive on the defensive line, uh, that they can be better there, especially when they're playing against teams like Georgia on their schedule. So uh, resource allocation is going to be interesting this time next year. Uh, you, you hope that they don't have, couple hundred thousand dollars sunk into a backup quarterback where maybe they could use that to find possibly a defensive end or a guard or something like that but um, you see in the recruiting class that they know uh, their deficiencies they are um, putting together a defensive line class that is quite good I mean possibly the best overall on paper anyway that they've ever signed I mean including the Kimdichi year that's how good the defensive line class is they clearly understand that there is a problem there there is a discrepancy there and they got absolutely outclassed and, and smoked is the word that I used in the title by the gold standard, the elite of the elite in all of college football. It happens. Uh, they sit right now at eight and two, which is uh, they, they are in prime position to win 10 games for the second time in three years, for the second time in program history as well in the regular season. They are fine. Uh, losing to Georgia and Alabama on the road are two things that everybody expected this offseason with rational expectations of the team. Going 10-2 and two this year, which they are heavy fra- favorites to do, is um, an overachievement relative to every rational expectation going into this season. And it is a historic season from a program perspective. And so... Uh, in my opinion, for whatever it's worth to you, you, you can't call a season anything other than a massive success if you are making program history while doing it. So uh, that is that is my spiel, if you will. And so we'll, uh, we'll read comments for the next little while and uh, yeah, and have a good rest of our Sunday. Appreciate you guys. And let's uh, let's get started. First one is, oh, my God, here we go again. Just kidding. I've got my four seasons with him. If he leaves, fine. If not, good. Feels like the Auburn coaching search all over again. I don't think that it is anywhere close to uh, to that. Um, Auburn made 
Kiffin, their candidate number one from the jump. And despite still to this day, some people trying to convince you that they wanted freeze the whole time or whatever. Uh, no, he was their, their priority candidate from, I mean, from the beginning, it was always uh, about him. I, I don't think, I mean, it's, you know, it's not even one day in, but it certainly seems like from the people that cover the A&M program that uh, he is not, in that position for their opening at the moment. I mean, I know Ross put him first in in his um, in his hot board, and I understand why he did that. But it, it doesn't feel like that is at the moment anyway where their focus is going to be. That can certainly change for sure. But when Auburn fired Brian Harson, it was all straight. All eyes were looking into Oxford right away. That is not the feeling that I'm getting so far today on. Uh, a and M and uh, and Jimbo, so uh, not you're not there at the moment. If State hires Jimbo, you would laugh so unbelievably hard. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I I, uh, I don't think that's happening. Somebody says, "All right, that was our shot. Let's finish the season strong." Uh, again, like I just said, I, I mean, uh, for some reason, and I, I've been in a really bad mood to to be honest with you guys since since we talked on Thursday. I woke up Friday morning just in a way, just, just not feel like I just had a bad weekend and just a, I had a great time with the little guy. He and I had a blast, but like when he was napping or when he was asleep, I was not having a good time this, uh, this weekend at all. I was just in a shitty mood, forgive my language. Um, so I spent a lot of time on Twitter and it started on Friday because people like Barrett Salee are doing the can't like doesn't win big games thing with, with Kiffin and Ole Miss. And that is just such a, it is such an absurd generalization and and really totally bogus narrative when you're talking about the coach at Ole Miss who will very likely bring the school to its second 10-win regular season of all time in two of the last three years. Only Alabama and Georgia have won more games in the SEC than Ole Miss in the last three years. You don't do that by not winning big games. Big games for Ole Miss are not the same thing as big games for Alabama, right? I mean, he's beaten LSU twice in three years, Auburn twice, A&M three times, one of which was college game day. Uh, I mean, he split with Mississippi State, but there's he's going to beat his rival twice. It certainly feels uh, that way. He's gone to Neyland and won. I mean, it's such a it's such an absurd generalization. It's like demeaning. The, the job that he's done at Ole Miss, it's just so stupid. It is so remarkably stupid. And so that that started on Friday. So I was engaging with that, which is a losing proposition, engaging with anything on Twitter. And then same thing yesterday where I just, for some reason, I was being like the, the voice of reason, like, hey, everybody, it's fine. Relax. Like, Georgia's a machine. It, it's you you are not on that level and that's okay you're you're trying to build to become on that level but you're not there yet and it's, they've got more than double the blue chip players on their roster that you do i mean you're you're improving there recruiting's improving the collective is good but that is different it's just totally different and and the season's not lost and in, in the it's not a disaster when you lose to georgia in athens because nobody has beaten georgia in athens in 5 years i don't know I don't know why I'm that guy this weekend to just kind of tell everybody, relax. It's 
it's um, I don't know why I took that upon myself. And then you have complete bozos that are, and that's the word I'm using. I know that's a very elementary term, but bozos that are trying to diminish uh, what has happened over the last three years in Oxford and what has happened has been very, very good. Again, historic. If they can get another 10 win season, it would be historic. Literally. Uh, you, if you want to talk about that, not being good, then you're a fool. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, I, uh, I vow to spend less time engaging with stupidity on Twitter moving forward. It gains me nothing, and I did it because I was in a weird mood this weekend. And um, and the Saints lost, and God, I've watched the Loki finale, and that didn't make sense. Ugh. Anyway, Georgia definitely spent a lot more money on Saturday night for those results. Hey, it's what you should do. That is what you should do. Lane needs to address this tomorrow and bury it. You're a week and a half from 10-2. and two. Another one, different one. Lane better come out this week and end this BS. He was given an opportunity today and, and chose not to take it. Um, I, I know that there have been various um, reactions from Ole Miss fans about his response today already where, you know, basically he said, I'm, I'm not doing that again or whatever. Uh, I mean, he had an opportunity uh, to completely uh, – not completely because there's always going to be doubt, but to really quiet his inclusion on these hot lists. And uh, he chose not to do that today. And uh, for whatever reason, I mean, we can debate the reasons for that. Um, Frankly, I just think it's who he is and he's never going to change, even though it would be of great benefit to to him and his program, uh, frankly, uh, to dispel that. I I don't think you're going to get the same reaction from fans if his name drags out in a coaching search like you did last year where fans you know raised literally millions of dollars in response I don't think that that is going to be the response this time around um I think that he he missed an opportunity today to um to change the way people think about him to some degree um kind of a missed opportunity does it mean he's leaving of course not uh, does it mean he's even going to be a candidate for the job? Of course not. You know, that's all. This is all optics, is, is all I'm talking about, and it it just doesn't matter to some people. But I'm telling you, it matters to some people. And, and there are a lot of people with big checkbooks that really hated what happened last year, and they're not going to be as um, forgiving if that makes sense this time around. Does it mean like he's not getting fired or anything? But my point is, um, after the debacle that was the Auburn situation last year. Um, I, I do, if I were advising him, I would say it would serve you some good to not let that fester around, but he's not going to listen to me or, or anything else. Uh, again, I, it doesn't mean that he's leaving. It doesn't even mean that he wants the job or anything. It's just, he kind of missed an opportunity today to just go ahead and, and end that before it even begins, uh, where uh, instead it looks like the next few weeks, you're going to have to deal with this. And it, again, the Auburn thing was different. He was priority one. It was very clearly intentional on their part. I don't think that as of now, that's where uh, this is headed. So maybe he didn't feel compelled to actually address it because there's nothing there yet. But um, yeah, I do think that you're, you're not going to get the same reaction from fans this time around if uh, if this can continues. So. 
It's all on Sexton. Kiffin won't say anything about yes or no. It's all on Sexton to leverage more money. I mean, there's there's really only so much more that they can get out of out of Ole Miss, to be honest. So we'll see. I certainly think he's going to get some kind of pay bump after this year, but there's there's only so much more. I mean, you know, Ole Miss is, is spending a lot. There, there's a lot of money around, but it, it doesn't grow on trees. There is a a ceiling where they they cannot go any further. Almost needs to get better at linebacker and defensive back, absolutely, especially defensive back. That uh, yes, especially. Jeff Trailer is the right hire for A and M, which means that is not who they will be hiring. Absolutely not. But yes, yeah, I think he would absolutely kill it there and win and win and win big. But nope, his name is not big enough. So uh, he's right in their backyard. He's got ties to the state. He's got he's a hell of a football coach. Um, he would fit there. For sure, and no, Mm-mm. nope, they won't hire him. If I'm an A and M fan, I, I, the the last thing I want is is Ross Bjork conducting that search. I mean, I already saw ESPN attribute Lane Kiffin's hiring at Ole Miss to Ross Bjork. And that shows you the the depths of college football coverage. By the way, uh, it, it is so barely scratching the surface. It, it totally different than the way the NFL is covered on, on a national basis. I know there's more college football teams, but uh, I mean, when you get basic stuff like that wrong, it's just, you know, it's hard to take something like that seriously. And that's coming from the worldwide leader, uh, you know? So um, I wouldn't want him conducting that search if I were an A&M fan. Looks like the, that's going to be the case, but that's not what I would want. The number of four and five stars in their current roster, Georgia 42, Ole Miss 18. That's the story. That's a very, very large part of the story. Yes, it is. On state, you've tried to remain not being fire the coach guy, but you have to pull the trigger. As a fan, I've watched maybe 25 plays in three weeks. ESPN StatCast let me know it's not worth my time. Yeah, it's a it's a unique circumstance. It's a unique situation because generally speaking, I would tell you moving on from a coach after one year is remarkably stupid. That's what I would generally tell you. Not in this case. Uh, they, they, everything is bad. Everything is bad. The team is completely not competitive. Their body language is awful. They're undisciplined. And that's been all year. That's not new. That's not one game. That is all year they've been undisciplined. All year they've been non-competitive. I mean, completely non-competitive against the average teams that they play. Like Kentucky is is average at best, and they just handled Mississippi State. Anum fired their coach today and beat them by forty one. So they're non competitive. Messaging from the top is is confusing and uninspiring, and recruiting is an absolute disaster, the worst in the SEC. And there's a chance that some of the guys that are committed are are, are going to go elsewhere too. I mean, it's it, you 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 cannot go through this again. You cannot have an off season. Uh, like this uh, again, it's it's as bad as it could be. I know what the record says they are. That's not what they are. Uh, it's it's much worse than than that seems, and it's a team that is losing a bunch of guys, and uh, it's it's a mess. Yeah, they they have to. I mean, you you can't survive this. There there's absolutely no way you can survive this. The Grove Collective needs to start writing some bigger checks and getting some better talent. Talent gap was huge. There's only one way they can write bigger checks. They need to have more money. They're well-funded. They're organized. Um, but 
they don't have the money that Georgia has. I mean, that that's kind of the thing here is is they don't financially you don't you don't have the resources that Georgia does. You don't. You are getting more and and you're you're doing well in that regard, but and that's what I hate about the discourse uh, this weekend, it, it, especially with like the Michigan stuff, right? I mean, the, the the call for due process for Jim Harbaugh and and the the the, the cries about fairness in a sport that is so remarkably, incredibly unfair is just pathetic to me. I, I can't stand some of the media's defense of Michigan. It, it's it's truly absurd when when this program. A blue blood with all the brand power and the money and the resources that you could possibly have get caught in an elaborate, extensive cheating scandal. Uh, I mean, it, it was it's just massive, systemic, years long. And they're being held accountable for it. And people cry about fairness. In a sport that is inherently imbalanced, people come to the defense of Michigan. It's it's absolutely insane, and and so that that's the thing here. It's it's Ole Miss doesn't have what Georgia has. They can't spend what Georgia does, um, and it possibly will always be that way. It can you, you know, it can be better than it was last night. Certainly, it can. But the the reality is that. Look, nobody's beating Georgia if you don't get stops. 14-14 turns into a route for sure. On Ole Miss, Georgia has 43 four or five-star guys. You need to get into the 10th recruiting cycle back to get that for Ole Miss. That's pretty much all that needs to be said for that. Look, next season, just be in the top 12 and get in and see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, and, and they're... They should uh, return a, a metric ton on offense uh, going into next season, and, and the schedule is easier. You're not in Tuscaloosa. You're not in Athens. Now, you have to go to Baton Rouge and Gainesville, if I remember correctly, but, I mean, you still, you still have to play Georgia, too, but they're at your place. Uh, the schedule is a little bit easier, and where they are currently sitting, placed into next year, you're still in the hunt for the playoff. That's that's why the expanded playoff is important. It gives access to programs that currently do not have the resources to compete for a playoff spot. Next year's season matters more for programs like Ole Miss, for sure. The only part that sucks is the way the polls are looking. Ole Miss is going to lose out on a New Year's Six bowl to Mizzou. I would not rank Missouri ahead of Ole Miss. Ole Miss still has a better resume, but that is entirely possible that that happens. Going to be in Jackson next week. Need a fancy restaurant to go to. LV's. LV's in Jackson. It's across from the brewery. Uh, I used to live in, in the neighborhood there in uh, in Bellhaven. Uh, LV's is it's outstanding. It's not a steakhouse, but I, it's it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. The only adjustment Ole Miss could have made was to get on the bus early and prevent a shoulder shot to dart. Yeah. Big picture takeaway, Penn State and Ole Miss have really put a damper on you trying to accept the expanded playoff as something that's going to be a good decision. Chase, you and I are going to argue about this forever. It's fine. Um, Penn State doesn't belong. They wouldn't belong in the 12-team playoff um, if it were implemented this year. They, they wouldn't belong. They wouldn't make it. So 
Georgia did that to a much better defensive line for Ole Miss than a year ago performance-wise. Had that been last year's defense, it had been over a lot more quickly. Georgia went into death machine mode. We talked about last week, average of first down every play. Yeah. You're not going to punch the staff or players for this. Their hands were tied with what they could put out there on the field. I agree. Gus Bus rolling back home to Fayetteville. Paul says, our Arkansas fan in the chat. Um, is that a thing, Paul? Do Arkansas fans want Gus to, to return? He had a big win on Saturday. He had a big win on Saturday. So, I mean, not only big because they beat a ranked team. I mean, they kicked their ass for four quarters. Um, is that a thing, though? That's interesting. If Kiffin stays another year and, and this happens again next year and he doesn't squash it at that point, just leave Kiffin. I mean, there are people th- there are people uh, that already have that feeling. So, Ole Miss and its fans that aren't morons have nothing to be upset about today. I agree completely. I just, I, I and again, I, I you know, I, with what I do, I'm supposed to have like the super strong opinion. I'm supposed to get on the radio at three and talk about how much of a bum Kiffin is or whatever, you know. I'm supposed to st- stroke reaction. That's what some people in my business think is uh, the way to cultivate and keep an audience. Blows my mind. It never works. That's why they have five different markets in their Twitter bios uh, because you y- you can't sell a contrarian. But anyway, um, an intentional contrarian, I should say. You know, if if you've got an opinion... Uh, that's not like the company line. That's fine. But when you are seeking reaction just for the sake of reaction, there's a reason that you spend your career in multiple markets without moving up. It is what it is. Um, there's no way that if you flash back to August, what we were talking about with this team, you Ole Miss fans should be anything but very excited about the team's current position with two games to play. Just glad Dart will be okay. He's got to get down more in the future. That was pretty reckless on his part, frankly. That, that was kind of stupid. And I, I, I say that now knowing that he's okay, or at least according to Kiffin. So if he's not, please forgive me. Uh, that was not smart. Just uh, no reason for him to do that whatsoever in that spot, and it almost cost him. So. Offensive game plan you thought was pretty good until Georgia went to man coverage and rushing forward where the offensive line couldn't hold up. Yeah, the shuffling. I mean, they, once <laughs> once there were more injuries on the offensive line, Pettis being out was already an issue, and then you have another one go down, and then they had to shuffle guys, and it, it, it became a mess rather quickly. And you can't be a mess on the offensive line with Georgia uh, lining up across from you. So. As it sits today, State could and most likely will do much worse than Jimbo. Oh, I don't know if I agree with you there. I don't know if I agree with you there, but uh, I uh, I understand. I, I hear you. You don't see Kiffin being involved in this coaching search? That is not the vibe I get right now. I mean, of course, things change, but yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's going to show up on hot boards for two reasons. Um one, because he's a name that does generate engagement. That That is absolutely true. And two, because he does absolutely nothing uh, to not have his name circulate in stuff like this whatsoever. He does nothing to stop it. You could argue that he encourages his name's inclusion in these things. I mean, it's this is... 
the fourth off season now where, where you're possibly going to be dealing with this, um, that, that is, that is called a pattern. And so, um, but as of now, it, it certainly doesn't feel like, it, like I said before, it doesn't feel like Auburn last year. Um, and he, I mean, he's got to know that that would be such a bad fit, but here's the thing about A&M. Cause I, I've seen people do the, well, it, you know, why is it such a good job? Nobody wins there. And that's true. They don't. They are a perpetual underachiever relative to resources. But, man, it's the resources. It's the money. It, that, that's what makes it a great job. And that's what makes it so highly coveted. And that's why Dan Lanning's going to answer the phone when they call. And, uh, I mean, that, that's why Kalen DeBoer is going to answer the phone if they call. And, and that's why those things – that's why Mike Norvell is going to answer the phone when they call. He will. He may not take it, but he'll answer the phone because their, their resources are – Hard to fathom. I mean, again, they are about to spend a hundred plus million dollars just to fire a coach, which, by the way, is so irresponsible. I get it; it's their money; they can do what they want with it. I, I'm, I'm, you know, that's fine. But the fact that they are in this position to have to pay a hundred plus million dollars uh, to to fire a coach and his staff and hire a new one is embarrassing. Is what it is. It, it, it's absolutely embarrassing. The fact that we are in a situation where that is what is being paid to somebody to go away is embarrassing. It's, and you know what's going to happen is so many people, so many people think that um, college sports needs to be reined in, that there needs to be a cap, or that revenue sharing does not need to exist. Um, so many people think that, and people in college sports are calling for Congress to put caps on things and stuff like that. That's what they're calling for. They're, they're calling for the players' pay to be restricted to some degree. People are calling for NIL to be capped or restricted, and here's the thing uh, about that. When these things go to court, as they often do, um, this Texas A&M situation is going to be used against the people that want caps and, and for it to be reined in. It is absolutely going to be used in court, and it's going to be really hard for judges and lawmakers to look at Texas A&M, give $100 million to pay guys to not coach for them anymore, and then to turn around and for them to say, we don't have the money for revenue sharing. You can thank Texas A&M and their reckless stupidity, among other programs with lesser reckless stupidity, but you can thank them because the size of this buyout is going to cause problems in college sports moving forward. Watch. Guarantee it. It's going to cause problems. Lawyers are going to use it in their legal proceedings when the NCAA gets sued for capping whatever in, in athlete employment. And when they keep begging Congress to do something, this is going to get brought up in those hearings. When when Greg Sankey begs, please save college sports, we're 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 falling apart, and it, this is all terrible. And then you're going to get a congressperson. Maybe there's a smart one up there that's going to say, uh, "Greg, one of your members spent seventy-seven million dollars for one person to not coach their school anymore." You you can't argue back with that, like. You can thank Texas A&M because th this stuff is about to get even more ridiculous now because of them. So you can thank them for that.
you will take 10 and 2 every year and try to hit 11 and 1 once every, every once in a while with an 8 and 4 mixed in it's better than what state is dealing with they i mean it's better than what Ole Miss has been for a while i mean you you, you cannot just go from what Kiffin took over to competing with this version of Georgia even in 4 years i mean that's just not enough time because you you are having to change the the job itself you know you you're this isn't like LSU when they have a down year with with what they have. You don't have what they have. So you're having to build that, and it takes time, and it takes many years of success, and it takes efficiency with resources and building and buy-in, and all those things are happening. But it you you can't just become Georgia in four years. It takes time. They are clearly building. It's there. There is forward progress being made in the program. They're not there yet, and that's totally fine. How did I like the Loki show? I liked it from what I understood of it. It's kind of confusing. Howard needs to get rep Saturday against Monroe to keep Dart healthy for the Egg Bowl. I would agree with that. The Kiffin can't win big games thing is a joke. LSU, AM, and Tulane all could qualify for that this year, especially the LSU game. And what I love is, well, this is a three-loss LSU team, so it's not that good of a win. They're a three-loss LSU team because one of them happened anyway it's it's stupid I, i'm i'm not even is kiffin going to use the a&m job for a pay raise i don't think i mean I, I think he's going to get one uh regardless but i don't think old miss is going to be as willing to just jack up the salary millions of dollars like they were last year in fact i know they're not going to be as willing to do that um so yeah what would I set the line at for the Egg Bowl? 17? Um, you're going to get the rivalry component in there that's going to keep it lower than you. 17 to 20, I think, is what the line will be, depending on what they do on on Saturday. And by what they do, I mean Mississippi State, because Southern Miss now suddenly looks like a game that they could lose. So... The only reason Kiffin entertains Bjork and A&M is he firmly believes that he's at his ceiling, that they won't and can't match rosters to get to the next season, and he wants to try somewhere else. Yeah, because personality-wise, he doesn't fit there at all. It's just, man, those resources are impossible to ignore. Does Arkansas need to be in a coaching search while A&M and Mississippi State are as well? Uh, Yeah, I mean... uh, I don't think they're swimming in the same waters as Texas A&M anyway in terms of what they can offer a coach. But, yeah, I mean, can can Arkansas do this again? Um, yeah, I, I don't think that you're after the same candidates, at least the, the upper-tier candidates that A&M is. I, I think you're, with all due respect, on, on a tier just one below that. Um, still – can have really quality candidates on that list, but I, I don't think Dan Lanning is one of those people, if that makes sense. Your argument against Kiffin hitting the ceiling is that no one is beating Georgia and Kiffin fumbled most of the bag on the Bama game himself. Exactly. And here's the thing. So the, the ceiling of Ole Miss football now is higher than it was four years ago. So when you say he's hit his ceiling, but people would have said that, Two years ago, well, he has he has to get out now because you can't do any better than this at Ole Miss. Well, there they here they are two years later with a chance to do it again. 
uh, with a more difficult schedule, with an entirely different roster of players, I, I'm, you know, I just the the ceiling is is raising at least to some degree. Maybe not as fast as some people think it should, but um, the, the ceiling is is getting higher for sure. You'd be more worried about potentially Michigan if Harbaugh leaves or like in Oregon if Lanning wants to go and said Michigan or A&M for some reason. Or if Saban hangs it up, you could see Lane at Oregon. Hmm. I don't know if I see that. I don't know if I see that. But um, I don't think he'd be Alabama's first choice if Saban hangs it up either. So... He did say he didn't prepare for the question and that he should have. Yeah, he should have because he should have known it was coming. But again, it, you know, whatever. He would preserve, uh, he would, Lane Kiffin would preserve those Aggie five-star commits, but you don't see him going there. As of this moment, I don't see it either. You say you'll take a New Year's Six any day, and the people around me say I have a loser mindset or attitude that when they can't even comprehend that Ole Miss is not a team like Alabama or Georgia yet. that this It, it really has been a weekend uh, on that discourse that is just mind-numbing to me. It, it really makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I mean, I would just love to flash back to the thoughts and opinions of, of what this team was supposed to be in August and, and get those same people to, to say what they're saying now. It's uh, th- that, that idea that it's a quote-unquote loser mindset where, again, they will be favored to make program history. And you're a loser if you think that's good. That that makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all. The staff is currently recruiting on the defensive side to shore up a lot of issues. They are. The defensive line class there is, is special. Like, it's elite, frankly. It's the kind of classes that Alabama and Georgia sign, on the defensive line at least, anyway. You personally don't want Kiffin to get a raise, would rather have Golding as head coach at $6 million a year with a good OC and have an extra $4 million going to NIL. Uh, I disagree with you there. Um, one, that the school can't give that $4 million that's not being used in coaching salaries into NIL. They, they can't do that, uh, for one. But um, I, I just – I can't – wrap my mind around anybody thinking that Kiffin is anything other than an exceptionally good football coach. I mean, I, 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 that discourse this weekend has just made no sense to me at all. I mean, people like, again, I mean, like Bud Elliott, who I like, I like him a lot and just, just kind of, I'm, I'm losing brain cells here. 28 wins in the regular season in three years at Ole Miss is remarkable. It is remarkable. It doesn't mean that you just, you know, don't try to be and strive to be better and, and continue to build, but that is that is remarkable. And and I mean, we have, we have seen nothing at all that says that Golding would do a better job than this at all. So, so is Missouri going to steal an NY6 bid from Ole Miss? It is possible that they do. I do think that Ole Miss's resume is better as of this moment. You want LSU and Tulane to keep winning. That would help you. Uh, and also root for Missouri to lose, you know, if if, if that's going to happen. Um, 
that 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 would obviously help too. But it's funny how you get fans of other programs that are looked at as quote better. Their fans say they don't want him or he's not a good head coach. When they have a chance of getting him, they want him. Absolutely. I mean, we we hear that here in the state. It's, oh, he actually sucks, but also every job that comes open is going to want to hire him. It's like, well, those two things are mutually exclusive. But anyway, you agree Ole Miss has stepped up a level. People just want SEC championships now, and that's asking too much, you think. Nice to be able to think of that as a possibility. Is Urban Meyer a serious candidate for AM? Seems just ridiculous, which might be what happens. Frankly, he should be. And I, I think he's, I mean, he's a piece of human garbage, right? He's not a good person. But as we talk about, especially in the offseason, um, there are a lot of bad people in, in positions of leadership and coaching college and professional sports. You want to know what matters in sports at this level? Winning. That is what matters. That is exclusively in the only thing that matters. Nobody cares about anything else. And I mean anything else. Nothing else matters. Mark, Look at Mark Rick's record at Georgia. Look at his record. He was great. Not great enough. Wonderful guy. Graduated a bunch of players. Ran a great program. I mean, just an just a, a ambassador for the sport that, that you love to see around. Not enough. It doesn't matter. You know, Urban's a, he's just a trash heap of a person. Doesn't matter. He wins. He should be on their short list. They should try to hire him. Because you know what he does? Wins. He wins at every single stop. Except for the NFL. Saban didn't win in the NFL. He wins everywhere. I would hire him. But I have a cynical or what you could call realistic understanding of what college sports is. If we go full meltdown mode and Kiffin does leave, who are my candidates for Ole Miss? Now I I don't, that's not even something that frankly, I, I I don't mean any disrespect, Chauncey. I I hope you don't take it this way, but I just, I don't find that worth my time at the moment uh, because I just, I don't think that that's a, a possibility of happening right now. If things if momentum changes or whatever, then yes, we will uh, we will talk about it. But for now, um, I just I think John Summerall will take it though. There's one. I could be wrong, but I think he would. He'd be great just to play this hypothetical. Lay- I'm not sorry. Um, do I think Bobby Petrino had anything to do with Jimbo getting fired to take his job? Just curious. Absolutely not. No, I, they, they won't entertain hiring Petrino at, at all. Sam Pittman is finished, and it's only a matter of time for Billy Napier. What do I see happening at Arkansas and Florida? Well, Napier's not getting fired after this year. Um, I, I have a feeling that Arkansas is going to get uh, kind of a re- their, their coaching search is going to be really interesting. We're about to find out what the industry thinks of of that job because they, I have a feeling that they are going to have an overinflated sense of uh, what that job is. Now, don't get me wrong; it's an SEC West job, even though the division's going away after this year. There's a lot of money that they they are the only show in town in that state, and so it's a great job. Don't get me wrong, but. I think that they think it's better than it actually is. And I think that candidate list is not going to be 
it's not going to be the same as A&M's for sure. And, and I think that might be, you know, might be evident. But no, I, I, I would expect I'd be shocked if Napier gets fired after year two. I mean, that, that would just be a coaching graveyard is what they would become. State can't get him, but based on what I'm already paying or what you're already paying for a coach and where you're sitting, someone like a Leopold is an option in Oxford if it came to that. Yeah, he had a quote this week about how he anticipates his last job being Kansas, and and I love the quote, but you know I, I don't believe him. Um, what kind of job would he jump at? That would be somebody that would, that I would make tell me no a hundred times before I moved on to candidate number two. I think he's a rock star, uh, and and wherever he ends up is just going to become uh, just a buzzsaw on an annual basis. So. Climate at Kansas State is also somebody I'm really intrigued by. Um, you know, some A&M people have thrown his name out there. If you are uh, a fan of not Texas A&M, then you don't, in my opinion, want them to hire him because I think he'd win there. I think he'd, he'd be really good, frankly, at, uh, at A&M. So that's a guy that you want to tell them no, in my opinion, or for them to not hire him at all. Uh, but guys like that. If Lane loves Ole Miss and is happy, then he should post on social media immediately that he's not leaving. He got an advance by way raise last year after losing five of six. He kind of did that today on Twitter um, for whatever it's worth. Go check that out if you haven't seen it. But, I mean, you're just – I guess you're just not going to get the uh, that firm, like, fist-on-the-table uh, commitment. So, you know, I would advise against it this time around. but. People have to realize that Georgia's in a class of their own. Michigan or Ohio State would have gotten railroaded last night. No doubt they would have. So far, you've heard Jimbo, Arnett, Pittman, and Aranda are all gone. Interesting turn of events in Week 11. Uh, If you're looking for a defensive coordinator and Dave Aranda wants it, oh boy. Um, Yeah, Mike, I'm not going to get into this debate with you. He stated last year that he wasn't leaving. People just ignored his words because he didn't parrot the exact words they wanted him to use. I'm not going to get into that with you uh, this time around. It's um, You can believe what you want there. Uh, that, that's, that's totally fine. That is up to you. But there have been four separate articles on national publications that have quoted him directly. Like He gave interviews four separate times this offseason where he talked about his deep consideration for the Auburn job. So if you want to ignore his own words, that's fine, man. I'm just, I know what you're saying, and you're you're saying it about me and and people like Richard and Neil McCready and, and those guys. His own words in four separate national articles said that he was deeply considering the Auburn job. The most recent one straight up said, it wasn't until his daughter made a PowerPoint with her friends that he decided to stay. Okay, so I'm I'm not just I'm not doing this anymore where I'm going to pretend like it was anything other than that. His own words, his own words say otherwise. So. After State fell to three and three, you mentioned it was probably fruitless to talk about a coaching change. I did say that. How wrong was I there? Uh, to talk about a coaching change, what do I think about my Oregon State or James Madison coach take now? Though thoughts, those would be great, and, and that's the thing. And, and 
people get obsessed with ties, like, oh, this guy's a Southern guy or, or whatever. And, and that's a big selling point for a guy like Trailer at, uh, at Texas A&M. He's, he's a Texas guy, but he's also winning. Um, Oregon State is the alma mater. That's probably an issue there, it, although their future is in peril and maybe you could get somebody trying to jump off of a sinking ship. It is a little bit different there, but um, if they'd be willing to do it, I mean, you certainly make the calls. I mean, sometimes you just got to find somebody that can win or that does win, you know, even if somebody hasn't coached in the SEC before. Um I mean, Chris Kleiman wasn't a power five guy, but he was a, a national champion many years over. Um, and now look at what he's doing at Kansas State, a place that's very difficult to win. He's winning. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, if I'm Zach Selman, I'm, I'm in. I'm 100% trying. I mean, that's the thing. It, people, uh, Some people also like get worried. Well, what if they tell you no? Well, who cares? Get if you get told no to five times, but number six is a great coach, then great. Who cares? So, if Arkansas goes after Malzahn, that just tells me they aren't serious about football. Last year, he did meet with Auburn and loses to Arkansas, and others were proof he was distracted. And the, the team was soft a year ago. The, the players themselves have talked about that, uh, where the, they weren't, they weren't mentally tough uh, a year ago that they folded uh, quickly. That that also was a major factor in why they collapsed is the team itself mentally kind of collapsed there. If you have a wish list, five and a half million to Chadwell, two million to Aranda as DC buyout for Chadwell is probably a no go. Aranda will DC a bigger job though. Yeah. See, that's the funny thing about Jamie Chadwell is um now Mississippi State's a better job than Liberty. Let's not be let's not be stupid. Uh, of course it is, but Liberty is an SMU. I know they're moving up, so they're not they're not Group of Five anymore. They're they're moving to the Power Five. But let's let's loop them into this as well, just for the sake of it. Liberty is a place that would be willing to pay like that. I mean, they already kind of do, right? They paid Hugh Freeze really well. They would have paid him more if not going to Auburn was anything that he was willing to entertain. But um, that's them and SMU, because I know state fans have brought up the SMU coach as well. Um, those places actually can, like, spend with you. So I, I think Chad, I mean, if Chad was ready to jump to the SEC, he should, because it's a better job than the one he's got. But Liberty can... Um, Liberty really can pay with State. You hope State gets Willie Fritz or similar. Until then, you're in basketball mode. The only concern with Fritz, and he's great, don't get me wrong, is would he grind the the nece- His age would concern me as like a, you know, he views his job, that job is kind of like his last one. And, you know, if you give him a big fat contract with, with years on it and a big buyout and this era where you're having to re-recruit your own roster and you're having to compete against Texas and Oklahoma and LSU and Alabama, and would he grind uh, the the way it would be required for the job? However, he's a hell of a coach, and I think it would be worth the risk because he's great. So, Penn State was overrated. Drew uh, Alar plays so timid and can't push the ball down the field, sort of like a worse Will Rogers. 
he was scared on Saturday. I mean, you poor poor kid. It, it his you could see his body language, man. Um, he he was so uncomfortable. I I, I kind of I found myself feeling bad for him. I mean, and, and you know he's getting booed on the field, and uh, that that was that was ugly. That was ugly. As a state fan, you'd want Gus if if we fire Zach, and you will fight Arkansas fans for him. I kind of have a feeling the if is is no longer a thing. You'd be fine with Missouri, both Missouri and Ole Miss going to a New York Six. You think that Ole Miss will go ten and two and finish strong and go to a good bowl game? They will. They absolutely will. State should go on on, or you're going in all in on Jonathan Smith with Oregon State and Limbo Conference wise. He's probably in line for bigger jobs, but that's where you'd start, Chad. Well, if you can make financials work. Yeah, Smith being an alum is is something to – if he wasn't an alum, I'd be like, oh, no-brainer. He's looking for an out, like, right now. Uh, so maybe he sticks through it because of the emotional ties. But, yeah, that – I don't care that he's got no ties to the South. He wins at a place that is very hard to win. So that Miss versus State could be interesting. If State has quit, Will Hall could try and get himself a job-saving win. Oh, he's he's not in jeopardy. He's not in jeopardy. I don't believe he is. I don't think they have the financials for that. Line is only 14. Wow. So Arkansas fans wanted Gus when they hired Pittman. Wow, I did not know that. Lebby, first state, if you have to go to a coordinator route, I I wouldn't. I, I would really... Chase, I would have to get so, said no to 12 times uh, before I would go to a coordinator, especially one that's probably going to get fired by Oklahoma. You feel like you could do a lot of good with $70 million, but hey, football, so could I. I, I think I could as uh, as well. You can help a lot of people. And again, I, I you know, people can do what they want with their money. I, I understand it. It's fine. It just it seems so... It's embarrassing is the word I'm going to keep using. It's embarrassing that they're that they're paying eighty million dollars almost to one one person to not coach their football team anymore. I, I anyway. State does not need to hire a coordinator. You'd be terrified of Jeff Levy as head man. His offenses have been disappointing at Oklahoma and his ties to Art Bryles aren't great. Response: Oklahoma has the number four offense in the country at the moment. There, there's talk about him getting fired. There is Eli Drinkwitz turning into a coach that is better than you thought. He's already turned into that person. Don't forget, though, he went into this season with a losing record overall. So, but yeah, he's done a hell of a job. That's a tough football team. They're, they're tough, man, and good offense. He portaled well. If Lane does leave, this is what you do. You'd call Urban Meyer with a $10 million check and make him say no. If you get Ole Miss minus 17 and a half in the Egg Bowl, you're putting the hunting land and the mortgage on Ole Miss and the points. Arkansas botching another hire could leave them in irrelevancy. It's, you know, they haven't really had... Um. They really haven't been relevant in quite some time, honestly.
the first guy Ole Miss hires, it's a really good coach, and who's not eager to jump ship, they'd be able to reach a better ceiling than Kiffin. Interesting. Depends on who. Kiffin has more skeletons gonna come out. Okay. I'm eagerly awaiting to hear more about that. No sarcasm for those of you listening on the podcast and couldn't see my faces. After last year, you think Kiffin might not be shy on running up points on Mississippi State. I agree with you there. Does anyone else remember all offseason on SEC Network, Roman Harper saying State was the best team in Mississippi? He wasn't the only one. A lot of that locally here, too. A lot of that. It's more baffling to you that people can't spell Kiffin's name right. He's been at Ole Miss for, this is year four now. It's like people talking about really good quarterbacks not being elite quarterbacks. There's three-ish elite quarterbacks in the league at any given time. People forget what elite means. Lane is a top eight to ten coach on the worst case. Absolutely. Who would bring more people to a bowl, Ole Miss or Missouri? Uh, Ole Miss would. Urban Myers, 187 and 32, is a college football coach. If he's not in jail, I want him as my coach. I don't care about character off the field as long as he's not getting you in trouble. SC flag in Mississippi. Yes, that's where I grew up. You'll never be the guy who will say Ole Miss has reached its program ceiling ever. You firmly believe that ceilings change from coach to coach and that certain coaches can have a higher one than the other. I mean, Clemson's ceiling has changed under Dabo. It's grown. It, it went up, and now it's kind of maybe possibly going the other way. But, yeah. You going to make this podcast? Yes, it will be. Uh, it'll be uploaded in podcast form. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't mean to continue to talk about the Auburn thing. Uh, it's, you know, it's, that's dead and buried. That's, that's my bad, guys. Who's a Central Arkansas coach who was 150-something wins and 50-something losses? That was a candidate in 2017. Honestly, I don't remember. I do not remember. Thoughts on Ole Miss not being able to beat out Auburn for Waller? Talks were that he was entertaining all offers a couple weeks ago. That that was one of those cases where he was going to leave the state. There, there There's... That's an interesting recruitment. I, I, I don't think an in-state school was ever going to really happen there. R- recruiting is still messy, even in the NIL era. I mean, it's more transparent. I would argue that's possibly like, quote-unquote, cleaner in terms of like, you know, it's more transparent. It's more open, but you still have you still have some stuff that happens. Not necessarily talking about that individual player, but generally there are things that happen now. That have always happened in recruiting. So you don't know if it'll happen or not, but Jane Daniels is your Heisman Trophy winner. He is the most outstanding player in college football this year. I don't care what their record is. He is the most outstanding player in college football. Yep, he, he would be my vote if I had one. 100% he'd be my vote if I had one. What's Lane's buyout? Not 20 million like some people have reported. It's less. Not it's 
probably not prohibitive. But I don't know for sure. That's kind of me just, you know. But I don't think it's over $20 million like some people have said. I don't believe that to be the case. There's two buyouts. There's buyout if you leave and buyout if you get fired. Two different numbers. Assuming Ole Miss goes 10-2 and two this year and they keep most of everyone, including Kiffin, what's their over-under wins next year? I think Vegas would have it at like eight and a half, nine, probably. It's not the coaching, it's the money and the in-state talent being lost. In years past, this year's a little bit different now for them. Ole Miss gets to experience what state fans dealt with every year with Mullen leaving rumors. Yeah, four for four now. Four for four. You mean to tell me in August we're probably going, we being Ole Miss, of course, going 10-2 and two with the only losses being Georgia and Alabama? I'd be happy. Everybody would have been ecstatic. That's what's so funny. I mean, I on this very feed and on the radio show, I, I my pick for this year was eight and four. And the overwhelming, basically every response from our, our radio listeners and on here were like, I would take that right now. Like, that would be a fine year. Like, yes. That Guys, that was three months ago. It was three months ago. And so, um, how, how could that possibly change now? Anyway, thoughts on K-State head coach to Mississippi State? I mean, that would be a great hire if they could pull it off. Uh, Chris Kleiman is who you're talking about. Um, I. I would certainly try uh, if I were Zach Selman for sure. I, I don't know if he would take it. Um, the, the reason I so so Mississippi State, two things can be true at once. Moving on from Arnett will be the right decision when they do it. If the rest of the season goes the way everybody thinks it's going to go, they would be justified in that decision. I won't sit here or I won't sit on the radio show and criticize that decision should they make it. Okay, I won't do that. That's my promise to you. I won't do it. I won't criticize it. However, being a one-and-done after you went two-and-done with Moorhead is going to make it a little bit more difficult to hire than it generally would. Now, they're going to be able to hire somebody. It's an SEC job. It's millions of dollars, all that. Like The, the, the people that say they won't get anybody to take their job, well, that's dumb. But somebody like a Kleiman, who's really stable where he is, might look at Mississippi State after – Two and out, Mike Leach, one and out, and wonder, am I going to uproot my family and my career to go to a place that if I don't win right away, they're probably going to fire me, or they might fire me? So those extra questions are going to be a factor in Mississippi State's search. They, they are. I mean, that's just if, – if people disagree with me on that, if, if somebody else that covers the team wants to tell you that I'm wrong about that, that's fine. Just, just know that that's fine. You, you pick and choose who you want to believe there. It will give them extra questions. It will be a wrinkle in this search that might turn off some candidates. That is a real, that's, that's a reality of the situation. Um, so a guy like him might look at it and say, usually maybe, but mm, not uprooting my career to go to a place that's not as stable as, as the one that I'm currently at. So Your top three for state are Lashley, Chadwell, and Kenny. Kenny would be a great tire. And I know he's only done it for one year, but you want to talk about fit? 
that dude would fit at Mississippi State. People dog on TCU and happen to forget that they made the national championship game. Yeah, they put 50 points up on Michigan last year. You think Dart was knocked out for a couple of moments on his big hit? I kind of agree. Is there much benefit or drawback to firing Arnett now versus after the Egg Bowl? Does it make that big of a difference regarding who we end up hiring? None at all. I, I mean, I, it, if they're going to move on, which, you know, you, you think that they are, um, then they can already start working on that without firing him. I mean, that's how this works. It, you know, guys get back channeled all the time, you know, so they, they can start working on the search without actually having to fire him to, uh, to do that. I, I don't think unless, unless there's like a revolt or a mutiny or whatever, there's, it doesn't seem like there's much of a benefit to do it with two weeks left in the season. Um, we'll see. I mean, who would take over, but yeah, TCU went 12-0 and beat Michigan in a playoff game. Exactly. Not sure Lane Kiffin would be Adam's first call. Also not sure he would bolt. That's an hour and eight minutes worth of conversation summed up in two sentences. Pretty well, Ben. Thank you. Would Kleiman's age be of concern at 56? No, it would not. Am I concerned about Ole Miss's scoring in basketball yet, or is it too early? Yes, very. Yeah, yeah, they don't score well. It's going to cost them games. But year one, they'll improve. They haven't gotten really anything out of breakfield, and, and Morell is struggling early. They'll be, they'll be right. Kenny, Texas State is where he's from. Lashley to Mississippi State, that's an interesting one. That is an interesting one, but you, you got to remember that – SMU's about to move up a level. You know, they're they're about to be in the ACC. And they can pay. I mean, they, they've got the money uh, to, to fight off Mississippi State if they make a run at them. So, yeah, he's in money heaven. That's the thing. S- SMU is, it, they, they, they're not going to go down without a financial fight. I mean, if it's just this job versus that job, fine. But I, I really think that, um, that they would financially compete. Kenny's not proven they beat a bad Baylor team and play in the Sun Belt. That it's true, uh, but it, it feels like at the moment the Sun Belt is kind of where the candidates are, are going to be for uh, for that job. I don't think there's going to be. Many options from the Power 5 level there. I could be wrong. I'd be happy to be wrong. It'd be great content. But, yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of where they're, where, where the the search is going to be at that level. So, anyway. I got to run, guys. We This has been fun. Good, uh, good long hour 10. Appreciate uh, all of you being here. Please like the video and all that good stuff. And I will talk to you on Tuesday. We'll probably do more of this. And uh, I'll see you guys then. Thank you. This has been fun. It's been really fun. I'll uh, I'll see you Tuesday at uh, eight o'clock. We'll do eight sharp on uh, on Tuesday. See you then.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.